This is Fred Ricciani, Scott Anderson, the Sports Courier Podcast. We are here to look back at the year that was WWE in 2018. We're going to talk about the best match, the worst match, the superstar of the year, the match matches of the year, the show of the year, biggest disappointments, biggest surprises, you name it. We're talking about it. We're also going to be getting your feedback on Facebook, YouTube, all over social media, and shouting you guys out throughout the show. Scott, how's it going, man? How's your holiday season treating you? Scott, you're on mute, buddy. I am on mute. I was there. You go. You there sure we go. There we go. You were up <laughs> in attention. Uh, question was, how am I doing? How's the holidays? It is going well, um, except for that. I see you're on your A game. You had a, you had plenty of eggnog, I can tell. I um yeah, like I told you before we got on air, uh, had a little neck cramp and I had some JD's uh, medicine. You know, I won't <laughs> tell you what the JD stands for, but you know. And uh, yeah, you know, doing good otherwise. Just uh, sorry, trying to send a link here to somebody on my phone. So bear with me a moment. And uh, you know, everything's going good. You know, good New Year, good uh, good Christmas, good uh, good everything. What about yeah. you? It's good. You got you got uh, little, little Scott Anderson there. Hi, Brooke. You know, try, I try do. To peek Brooke, in. go ahead, hop in. She wants to hop in. Real try, quick. Trying to do a run in there. Hi. How's it? How's it going? You know, saying hi, hi to say, all, say hi to the, the whole world. Oh, the whole world. Our our M and N fam. Now, Scott, so. I got I got to say, man, 2018 WWE was pretty wild. We started out with the bang with the men and women's Royal Rumbles. I thought were some of the best Royal Rumbles we've seen in years. We had a greatest Royal Rumble. Which is debatable if it was the greatest. And then uh, we had a, an awesome Women's Evolution pay-per-view. We had several great NXT takeovers. And we ended the year, I think, really strong with the TLC show that had not one, but two match of the year candidates with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And the triple threat women's TLC match with Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. So I think we should start on a positive note and name our respective superstars of the year. Scott, I'm going to give it to you first. <laughs> Do we talk about male and female in this category? No, 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 no. Let's combine just, the two. Let's combine it. Um, you know, honestly, this isn't going to be popular, and you're not going to agree with me, but I'm going to go Daniel Bryan. I think I think Daniel Bryan would be the superstar of the year for the last I know three who months you're of the year. Say. I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. Get it out. The last three months of the year, Daniel Bryan has been fantastic, but he had feuds with Big Cass, and he had programs with Kane. And while I like the Bludgeon Brothers, I mean, it was a big step down, and he was just kind of toiling away. And Yeah, the last three months of 2018 were great for Daniel Bryan, but, uh, you know, the other months were not so great. So please make your case. My case is that he came back after three and a half years, and he's now WWE champion going into 2019. Plain and simple. Okay. Plain and simple. Okay. And he reinvented himself by uh, turning on the fans and going heel. He did. And actually, unlike other guys that just do crappy heel turns, he actually did reinvent himself as a deranged environmentalist. Which is not far from what he probably is in real life. (laughs) Well, except for the deranged part. Well, you never know. You never know. Okay, okay, well, I'm going to go with, I know it's the sexy pick, the popular pick, but I think it's a logical pick. I think it's Ronda Rousey, and the reason for oh, okay. that is... Oh, that's not who I thought you were going to say. Oh, did you think I was going to say Becky Lynch? I thought you were going to say Becky Lynch. I think Becky Lynch is the 1B, 
But I think 1A is Ronda Rousey. And the reason I say that uh-huh. is because not only has she had a great rookie year, not only sure. has she done really well given her experience level, which is not much, but okay. it's the impact she's brought on the WWE. And maybe this is more of kind of like a lifetime achievement award for her as opposed to just superstar of the year. But if it wasn't for her, WWE would not have really kickstarted this quote-unquote women's revolution. Now, on one hand, it appalls me it took this long for WWE to get with the program when women's soccer and women's tennis and women's MMA had come come a long way prior to this women's revolution. That being said, change takes time. Progress takes time. Progress is progress. It should be celebrated. And I do think that had Ronda Rousey, well, actually, I know, had Ronda Rousey not been around, WWE would not have kickstarted this women's revolution. And on top of that, they probably wouldn't have gotten a sweetheart Fox deal like they did. From what I read from multiple reports from the you know, Sports <laughs> Business Journal and the Wrestling Observer and pretty much anybody that really followed the negotiations closely, one of the big pillars of WWE's programming with, with Fox is going to be Ronda Rousey. I don't know if she was actually at the negotiation table at one point at all, but from what I understand, given Ronda Rousey's affiliation with the UFC, given the UFC's now former affiliation with Fox, it would make sense that that would be a sticking point for Fox to get Ronda Rousey eventually on SmackDown. And what do you think that? What do you think it's fair or unfair? And you think that maybe UFC should, or I'm sorry, WWE should have been positively influenced by Gina Carano and Chris Cyborg a decade before? I'm with you there, but the reality is, it was Ronda Rousey that got them to wake up, to smell the roses, to get with the freaking picture, and. Just for that impact alone, on top of what she's done in the ring, I think she's got to be superstar over the year. Now, if we're talking just from a kayfabe storyline standpoint and just performance-wise, I still think it might be Ronda Rousey. But you can flip a coin and, and pick Becky Lynch because she has completely reinvented herself. She's been consistently one of the better performers on the roster for years. You've been to house shows. I've been to house shows. She's always one of the most cheered performers, male or female, Absolutely. on the shows. Fans love her, and it took forever for WWE to do something with her. And when she finally got just a smidgen of an opportunity, she made the most out of it. I mean, my God. I mean, honestly, she may have capitalized on her opportunity more than maybe Daniel Bryan, than CM Punk, than any superstar in recent memory, just given how fast uh, she's risen. And with her social media game, her Twitter game, her promos on screen, her promos off screen, she, she deserves a lot of credit. But... If we want to give it to a male superstar, if we want to l- l- shout out a male superstar, Daniel Bryan certainly, the last three months, has turned his career around. But I, mean, I got to say, for the whole year, you know what? I got to give it to Mr. Consistency, AJ Styles. I, I think, was just going to say that, yeah. You know, he, he was WWE champion for most of the year, had a lot of great matches. He had a lot of crappy feuds, though. It, well, kind of one crappy feud, a lot of, a lot of crappy It wasn't so angles. much crappy feuds, it was just not great matches, unfortunately. Well, I think I think the Nakamura, well, the matches were part of the, the feud, the crappy feud with Nakamura, yeah, which right. resulted in a, a, a shot to the groin. And it was just ass backwards. You know, which like, is how we lost the title. So yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was ass backwards. I mean, think about it. In the old days, right, the bad mm-hmm. guy, the heel, would win the title, and the babyface, the good guy, would chase the bad guy. Sure. But with the AJ Styles' title run... It was the other way around. It, it, it was like AJ Styles just narrowly gets a victory and, and just narrowly gets another victory. And it's just, it, it dragged out a little bit. I mean, I'm happy he got the long reign, longest reign champion in SmackDown history. He was Mr. Consistent, Mr. Reliable. Uh, but I, I do think at some point Nakamura should have won the title. I do think at some point maybe some other should have won the title. Uh, it's great that Daniel Bryan won it. I'm happy for him. 
and everything like that. But uh, I do think it just... AJ Styles' title run did suffer because, frankly, he didn't have any strong heels to work with. Had he worked with this version of Randy Orton, maybe it would have been a different story. But, uh, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, his title reign was kind of marred by that. But I still think he deserves some recognition. And if I want to throw out a dark horse, I don't know, he's not really a dark horse, but I'd say Seth Rollins. A lot of people forget that at the beginning of the year, he had a, had a great stretch of matches with Finn Balor, with Dolph Ziggler, uh, with The Miz, uh, with all involved. Uh, had a pretty good match with Drew McIntyre at one point. You know, he had the gauntlet match where he went over an hour on Raw in the longest match of Raw history. So, you know, he, he's another guy I think that deserves some recognition. And, of course, in NXT, which we can get to, we'll give individual NXT awards. You know, there was plenty of great performances to go around. But, yeah, overall, I think you said Daniel Bryan. I say Becky Lynch. These are our superstar picks for the year. Tag team of the year. Not a good year for tag team wrestling, but tag team of the year. You know, I'm going to go with the the consistent, the reliable, the Usos. I, I think they've done their thing. Still great on the mic. Still great in the ring. They finally got a WrestleMania appearance, albeit a squash match essentially against the Bludgeon Brothers. But they did their thing, and... I don't think they get recognized enough given how long they've they've been around. But not a great year overall for WWE Tag Team Wrestling, unfortunately. I will disagree. Um, well, yeah, I, I disagree with the pick. Um, I, I think it's Braun Strowman and Nicholas, personally. Oh, they God. never lost. So Yeah, I mean, they mind. never... Oh, God. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, no, I think it's the bar. If I'm picking, it's uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. I think they came into the year with the titles. On Raw, they left the year champions on SmackDown. I think just for that reason alone, the Usos I think were fine, but once WrestleMania hit, I think they kind of fell to the back burner a little bit. You didn't see them on TV for a few weeks, and and you know over the last couple of weeks they've kind of gone back to the old kind of cheeseball Usos just without the face paint. Right. I mean they still have that like I, I don't know what you know the I don't want to use you know the wrong word, but you know what I mean they still have that that mentality, but. It's a little cheeseballish again. And, right. Um, no, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of corny. You know, it's not been. Uh, it, it, yeah, they. You know, it's a lot of but you know what? You can say honestly, you can say the same thing about the new day. You know, the new day has always, been, always pretty been good kind at cornballish. You know, so they have, but I think it feels like it's it's getting to the point where maybe they got to get. I don't want to say they want need to break up the new day, but I think in 2019 they kind of need to shake things up with them. I mean, I really feel like we're almost hitting the edge of. Their comedy, right? Like I think at some point it's getting uh, it's getting a little yeah. old. Yeah, I think if one of them had a singles title, like Biggie had like the U.S. title, something like that, with them as tag team, I think it would be fine. Um, it's getting a little old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, March was down a little bit this year and, and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, you know, SmackDown tag team division wasn't too bad. The Raw was kind of hideous. Um, oh, Raw tag team division between it, the B team with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Can we just call? Can we just name them the worst the tag team of the year? AOP of uh, no, we can't. Really, the you're not. Gonna... That, yeah, no, I'm not. Is it going to be Nicholas and Braun Strowman as worst tag team of the year? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you know, you say what you want, but the B team was over there for about a month and a half. So mm. uh, you know, I give them credit. You know, honestly, if I'm going worst tag team of the year, it's AOP. Really? They came up after they came up after Mania. You know, I, I you know there were some issues there, but what have they done? Yeah. Don't say they won the tag titles. They lost them just as quick. What have they done? Right. And I'm not saying they're a horrible team. They're a great team. But what have they done? As far as how they've been booked and what they've done this Nothing. year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, I guess. 
And on SmackDown, I'd, ha- I'd say Sanity. Same thing. They came up, you know, pretty, what, middle of the year-ish? Oh, okay. and, actually, um, you know, actually, I think, I think you got to give it to Sanity, then. If you were talking about just what they've done sure. or not done in the ring. I mean, Sa- right, I yeah, think Sanity's, Sanity Sanity sure, won, sure. like, one match on a, on a pre-show. I don't even remember what pre-show. I think they beat the New Day in a tables match in the yeah. Extreme Rules pre-show. And they've barely been on TV. Think about that. Okay, you got a respectable yeah, veteran in Eric Young, former Impact Wrestling World Champion. You have... Killian Dane, who's fantastic, who was, who was great on the independent scene as well as Big Demo. You have Alexander Wolf, who's, you know, it's a good hand. You he know? is what he is. Yeah. yeah, he's a good hand, at least. And they've done nothing with this team. And I think that's honestly a, a, an underlying narrative that gets ignored in, in this year's ZDB or this past year's ZDB. They squandered opportunities with their young talent or their new talent or quote unquote newish talent. I mean, you know, Eric Young's been around forever. But yeah, you think about it. Look at all the call-ups they made. Andrade Cien Almas. <laughs> one of the best wrestlers in the freaking world. A guy that could be your next great Hispanic superstar. What have they oh. done with him and Selena Vega? Nothing. Nothing. He's had some <laughs> good matches and a losing yeah. effort, but every single time, other than when he first debuted and beat some local competitors, they've done nothing with the poor guy. Okay, Fred, No Way Jose. What, t- what the hell oh. is No Way Jose doing right now? I don't even think he's on superstars. He could. He was in a battle royal in uh, MSG. So he could have been a great opening match guy. It's so easy. Have him come out. Do no way, Jose. Have him beat a guy like Kurt Kurt Hawkins every freaking night. That's it. It's easy. Yeah. And they did. What has any of AOP? You talk about AOP. These guys freaking won the tag titles. I think after Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins, but before that they were doing nothing. And then they had a match with the Bar at Survivor Series, which led to them. Lo- I think no, they won. The they match. won the match because Drake Maverick fake peed himself. Yeah, because it's Vince McMahon humor. Yeah, because and then they lost the titles because Drake Maverick got pinned. So go figure that one out. Yeah, I mean it's just been a, a terrible year for new new talent. I mean, <laughs> and, and now they're calling up EC3, which I'm excited for. I think he actually might end up feuding with John Cena because he's hinted he wanted that feud for WrestleMania. And that could be okay. That'll be okay, but I don't think Lacey Evans is, is ready right now. Lars no. Sullivan, they're pushing him for Raw. They're pushing him for SmackDown. He's still a free agent at the time we're recording this. Honestly, man, I'm not really feeling Lars Sullivan too much. As I, saw, I mean, look. Kind of like the next uh, Gene Snitsky. He, he might be, and honestly, for those that don't know, he had some leaked forum posts he did from many years ago that, that were in poor taste, but I mean, there were some that he posted as an adult from like a, a, a short time before he got signed to WWE that were... Very derogatory uh, towards people of color. And I'm just like, man, like, all right, you really still want to push this guy. I mean, th- this is the thing with Lars Sullivan to me, okay? That shows, one, a personality flaw. And two, that shows that Vince McMahon is still enamored with the big man at the end of the day. When, when he, when Absolutely, he gets, yeah. Because think about it this way. If, if Lars Sullivan was your top prospect, I'd say, okay, you know what? Like, maybe overlook that stuff. And I personally wouldn't, but whatever. It's wrestling. You know, it's sports. They overlook a lot of those transgressions. But when you have guys like the Undisputed Era and Aleister Black and all these other dudes that are a lot older oh. than, than uh, Lars Sullivan that, that could contribute right now, whereas Lars Sullivan's going to be more of a pet project, like, I, I think you call those guys up first. But you know, well, well, Here's NXT, the thing, though. You, you, and, and real quick, Fred, you still need talent down in NXT. You still need main event guys. You still need people to sell out your arenas when you go to Arizona, Kentucky, New Mexico, you know, all these right. places they tour. Right. And, and I think, uh, and you bring that up, and that's a good point because I think in 2019, we're not just going to get SmackDown on Fox. I think we could get NXT. 
And I, I think if you're oh, on FS1, you, wanna, you mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you want to enhance NXT. You want to keep that strong because that's more money for you. And that's more opportunities for guys like the Undisputed Era and Aleister Black and, sure, sure. and, and all those guys. And, and think about it. Think about how much. I mean, you and I both have files. We have FS1 and all Fox's sports networks maybe, and everything. Maybe oh. at the time we taped this, not ESPN, but who knows? Yeah, I know. They better freaking resolve that or give me a freaking discount on my bill. But, <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you look at FS1. FS2, MSG, which I think Fox has like a partial ownership in. How many times do we see some random UFC programming? Like all the time. All the time. All the time. I'm seeing like a random UFC 45 event. They're playing like Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture. Best of the knockout. Yeah, ultimate knockout. They're playing everything. They have so much. Well, that's going to change with the ESPN deal too. Yeah, they have so much shoulder programming. So they're definitely going to need some WWE archive footage, some some archive content, some current content. It would make sense. It would behoove them to at least put NXT on there. And if NXT does well, dare I say, maybe in 205 Live. Which, dare I say, do they bring back like a main event, like a superstar or something like that, just for more content that way? You, or, they have you know enough what? roster I, depth. Why not? You could, Why not just put you know a cheesy what? Saturday show on with, with guys you don't see anymore, like a No Way Jose or a Zack Ryder or Kurt Hawkins or... You know what, though? I think there's more value in paying the the money to get a two... And I'd hate to see NXT two hours because it's such an easy show to watch at one hour. But I think a two-hour NXT show would be a hell of a lot better than having an hour-long recap show. It doesn't have to be a recap show. I mean, you have enough roster depth that you can have these type of matches with these guys, and and it works. But we've seen in the past, though. How many times has Vince McMahon gotten a new toy with superstars? They were on WGN on primetime. They had main event. That I think had a prime time on. at one point. Yeah. You know, and, and then all of a sudden. Oh, but if you have this yeah. Fox deal and this Fox money, why not bring back a Saturday morning wrestling show? I mean. Or Saturday I, night's I main know. event? Yeah. I mean, if you need programming, why not? Ratings over there, who cares? Yeah. I mean, true. I mean, Fox the problem with main event, though, is you're going to have another big show that you don't necessarily need when you have all these network shows, all these network specials, and. You know, you're going to Saudi Arabia, Australia, yeah. this show, that show. I mean, how much is too much at that point? You know, that'll just be another show to have a show, even though I know like the, these lower level B level shows would be. But at least it's just easy programming. You know, I, you don't I, have to have a story and you can put like a top storyline there on a pre-show at, you know, the, the Rumble, WrestleMania, you know, any pay-per-view. Yeah, so. I, I think I think the key is, with NXT is that since NXT is technically like a first-run show and it's its own brand yeah. and it's very different from Raw and SmackDown, I think that's why it'd be attractive to FS1, and I, I think that's why a lot of people oh. would want to. Yeah, but you know, the out. problem is, once it goes on FS1, is it the same show? You know, once it hits mainstream TV, does Vince McMahon become more hands-on? That is true, but you know what? Vince McMahon is also human. Uh, he might be a cyber human. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's still he's still human, and yeah. with, I gotta believe no matter what he says, he's gonna get more hands on with the XFL. Oh, absolutely! Which, by the way, another huge 2018 story: Vince McMahon bringing back the XFL. But here's the problem: he's bringing back the XFL that, on the surface, is without the fun that made it awesome in 2001. And. By the time it actually debuts, you have what two? I think three possibly new football leagues as well. The yeah, the Alliance of American. The football. Alliance one. I know Ricky Williams has one ex NFL running back. Um, Fortune football, le- not legends, but I saw it the other day. He was talking about it. Uh, so you still have the Arena League. You still have the CFL, have the which has I think has still has an ESPN deal. 
They do, yep, with TSN and ESPN. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of football. Now I know that, you know, a lot of the XFL guys will probably play in the other leagues and the CFL, the arena league. I, I get that. But, um, you know, we'll see how far that goes. And, and, you know, they announced the teams. And I still don't understand why these leagues go to cities that already have NFL teams. To me, it just it baffles me. I, I don't get why you don't come to, to different cities. You know, why not go to, uh, uh, you know, pick an area. And or, just or you know there. what? Like, I'm in New Jersey. The free the, – XFL yeah. is running in MetLife Stadium. Like, are you kidding me? Right, go to Red Bull Arena. Makes yes, more sense. Exactly. Red Bull. Like, go yeah. to go to go to Red go Bull to Arena. Rutgers. They need tenants. I mean, or freaking reopen the Izod yeah. Center that's just collecting dust. On, you mean well, in the Well, Izod Center can't hold football, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh, well, I know, I know. Well, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, but yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. They're right, they're going to these NFL stadiums. It makes zero sense whatsoever. Go to San Antonio. Go to like, oh, I mean, I don't know what stadium there would be in Oklahoma besides the college stadiums, but. Yeah, go there. Go to those places. Go to like a twenty, you know, like you know, uh, where the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. God, that's still so weird to say. I know. But, you know <laughs> go there. Like you know, go to these small venues. Don't run big giant venues. And New York doesn't need an XFL team. I know it's New York, so you do it. But you know, maybe go to Long Island and, and play uh, at Hofstra or something like that. I mean, I know exactly. it's a small stadium, exactly. but you know, why not? Well, we got a couple years to, to debate the XFL, but that it was a huge story in, in 2019. Make no mistake, or 2018, and it's going to be a huge story in 2019. Make no mistake about it, because Vince McMahon's 73 years old, going on 74. He is human, a cyber human, but he is human, and you can only have your hand in so many pots before you're spread thin. And he, you can make the argument he's already spread pretty thin. And so, he's going to be back on WWE TV, it looks like, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, which is something that I know he didn't want to do. He wanted to write himself off TV, have Triple H and Stephanie be the faces of the company, and they technically still are. But, you know, it, he he's definitely in that panic mode. I mean, I think Raw just did sure. the Christmas Eve edition of Raw, I believe, did 1.78 million viewers. That's it terrible. Did. That's terrible. And their recent ratings haven't been great. Now, they got guaranteed deals. It's not like Fox is going to say, oh, God, we're going to cancel them now. But... But Fox can cancel them. They could, the and it is alarming. And if they're doing these kind of ratings in prime time on Fox getting paid $2.5 billion, with a B, as Walter White would say, billion dollars, all right? That ain't going to be good news. No, it's not. If Fox can but cancel that's, Gotham that's at a whim, if Fox can cancel Fringe and all these other shows at a whim, believe me, I'm sure they have a very Fox-friendly contract with the WWE. I'm sure they do. All right. Well, let's move on a, a lighter note to... 2018 match of the year. I'm oh, going to throw gosh. out a few that I really liked. And I'm, I'm going I'm to... Oh, actually, let me give you my main match of the year. Honestly, I think it's Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Last woman standing. I know it's a recent match. It's still fresh in everybody's mind. Okay. But I thought that match did so much to elevate both competitors. And you rarely sure. see that these days with WWE. You know, they, they try to do a thing where, like, you know, Andrade, Cien Almas, will wrestle AJ Styles. He lost, but he held his own. And you know, usually right, the loser, right, right. you know, never nothing ever happens to a loser. I saw them do that with Dolph Ziggler for years. Oh, Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. held his own. You got to give it up to Dolph Ziggler, and then he just kept being sure. Dol- Dolph Ziggler. But I thought yep. those two really elevated themselves, and I really feel like creatively, it's been a turning point for Charlotte Flair since then. I mean, she's been on fire yeah. since that yeah, match. Absolutely. So that's the match I would go with match of the year. Honorable mentions: the Raw Men's Gauntlet that went forever with Seth Rollins wrestling for over an hour. Okay. He was great. Uh, the women's Royal Rumble I liked a lot. The men's Royal Rumble I thought was one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. Really good I stuff. The ending went a little too long, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought it was really good stuff. Um, I liked the women's Elimination Chamber a lot. You know, I actually liked the mixed tag match at WrestleMania. I just thought, given Kurt Angle's absence for years, sure. 
his physical state, given the fact that Triple H doesn't wrestle all the time, the fact that Stephanie McMahon's essentially a non-wrestler, and Ronda Rousey's a rookie, they did a great job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, even though that ended in DQ at Survivor Series, they had a classic match. Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, classic match. I tell you what, even Nia Jackson, Ronda Rousey, had a good match back in July. Yeah, at TLC. Money in the Bank. Well, yeah. not TLC, Money in the Bank. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, they yeah. did really well. And then Dude. there's one more off the top of my head. I'm for- oh, you know what? The TLC match. I th- I know it's recent, but it was a good match. It yeah. was a great match, and I like the fact that everything um, meant something in the match. And we're just doing stupid spots for spots. And sure. li- li- with other TLC matches or ladder matches, people climb up the ladder so slowly and you have time to check your phone and check your watch you go use the bathroom you water your plants Five by the time you're back, yeah yeah and by the time you're back you're they're still climbing the ladder and i felt like there was rarely any wasted movement in this match it was actually One or like two i think and that was it yeah. yeah there was some realism and it like hey we want to grab the damn title instead of wasting everybody's time so those are great matches but i gotta go with charlotte versus becky as my match of the year how about you Trying to go through it in my head. I have a match on NXT that would be match of the year. Um, but uh, well, okay, May, okay, I should, I should, I should not counting NXT. Disclaimer. Main roster, War Games is main match roster. of the year. Yeah, um, main roster. Yeah, I think it is uh, Charlotte and uh, and Becky at Evolution. Um, just trying to go through my head and go through some of the matches, and you know, I mean, there's so much of it to, to try to process. Um, I think this was a year where I there think were a there lot was of really match- good. I think there was a match at uh, Saudi Arabia in April that was pretty good. I just can't place it. No, I'm serious. I, I know it sounds weird, but the, I think the, there was, was it was it the ladder match with Roman with uh, Samoa Joe and Finn it Bauer might have been the ladder match. Yeah, with the I think the Miz was involved. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a pretty yeah. good match. I don't that know was a good a, match. I don't know if it was a match of the year though. But I'm, uh, again, dude, everything gets so cross. You know what I mean? Nowadays, it's like yeah, the the, the most recent things are going to be you know in your head. I'm thinking of WrestleMania. And there's nothing off the charts. Um, the main roster oh, no, did no, not no. have a good year. Okay, no, the main roster didn't. Now we're going to talk about two or five live because I do think that. Um, and again, I can't even think you of know the what? match. I'll, 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 I'll give you some two or five live matches. Actually, match. they're pretty great. I'll give you some two or um, five live matches if we're kind of as a main roster. Well, yeah, right. let's go with Charlotte and Becky. We'll give that to them because again, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you could talk about NXT. You could talk about the the May Young Classic. There were some great matches. So two or five live. I think two or five live. I think the MVPs got to be Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, and Cedric Alexander. Go those guys in some combination of those matches killed it they were great absolutely they were great i don't know if you can narrow it down to one because cedric alexander and buddy murphy had multiple matches ali and uh, cedric i think at least had a couple matches and then you had um you had and ali (laughs) yeah yeah buddy or yeah buddy and ali and and buddy and cedric and actually another guy roderick strong during the 205 live cruiserweight title tournament had a really good tournament no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Back that was beginning of the year, right there. Yeah, yeah. you know what? There was actually a lot of good re- on the non-main roster shows. There actually was a lot of good wrestling. It just kind of gets lost in the shuffle because we have an XT UK now. We have the May Young Classic. We have you know a million shows. We have house shows now being broadcast. So yeah, but I think as far as main roster goes, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair stands out. Let's get to NXT then. Who's who? Sure. What is your NXT match of the year? War Games. War Games, really. Is. Yeah, it is. It was a long match. It was kind of drawn out. But once I thought that it match was too going, long. And I know that, you know, it, it's all about getting your spots in and this and that. But you can't tell me when that guys, you know, stood face to face right towards the end of that match. It wasn't just phenomenal. 
And I mean, again, there's so many matches. I know you have Adam Cole and Ricochet, which actually I still have not gone back and watched yet, which shame on me. I know that was a hell of a match from what I hear. And there was, there was a ton of good matches though, man. But just again, sticking out in my head, it's war games just because of what it was. Yeah. I also want to send a shout out to all the, the people that have checked us out, that have shared our links. Uh, my man, Alan Wu, Jeremy Bowers, Ryan Elma Stube, just a number of, of people. Want to shout out our TSC fam for making 2018 a great freaking year as far as my nxt match of the year dude that is a tough one i'm gonna go with the first johnny gargano and tomaso champa match which i think was take over new orleans just because i actually had a baby face succeeding gosh i forgot about that you what know, about even gargano and um almost back at the rumble yes that was a hell of a match. oh my god my yeah god. i mean gargano might might be the mvp of of this year as far as overall and yeah. all of wb he was in, in the ring that guy is Ooh, and you I know, think going Sean back, Michael... I'll change mine. I'll change my pick. Organo Almers in Philly was just that was match of the year. Yeah, the emotion I... in that match was phenomenal. You know, you know, and I, th- I think Shawn Michaels pretty much he hasn't outright said this, but I know he's like mentioned this. He's play he's praised Johnny Gargano pretty heavily, and I think he's actually involved in producing his matches because Shawn Michaels is now coaching NXT. Johnny Gargano, at least in JDB, might be the closest thing we have to like a Shawn Michaels type of guy as far as being able to not only have a great match, but take you on a ride like every one of his matches and elevate a, his opponent too. yes and every one of his matches has a story and it's just it's yep. you know you could tell there's some Shawn michaels influence there. there's always like a stare sure. down or a pause to let the crowd kind of take it in whereas i'm not saying seth rollins isn't a great wrestler but a lot of times at his matches some other matches it's like dive go 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 you know but, sell the knee for five seconds then go 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 whereas but that's the difference between yeah. main roster and nxt and that's the problem with these guys and we've talked about this multiple times if these guys get called up and you see what's happening with Almost now and we talked about Sanity and we've talked about AOP and we've talked about everybody else, I'd rather be in NXT right now. I know the money on the main roster is great, but and I know look, you're collecting a paycheck, you're doing house shows, it is what it is, but my God, like how could you not want to be in NXT right now yeah. and last year and the year before that? And especially if they do get on FS1. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. NXT Superstar of the Year it's funny, even though he didn't win a title and he was on the losing end of a lot of matches, I'm still going to go with Johnny Gargano just for his overall impact of the brand. Close second, I'm going to give it to Tommaso Ciampa because I think he's done some tremendous heel work, had a lot of great matches, had a great... He had a match with your candidate freaking Velveteen Dream, carrying that guy. And and, and Velveteen Dream was all right in some spots, but, I mean, Tommaso Ciampa was the ring general in that match, and he he did great. So, yeah, I think Gargano won... Chapa two, third I go Alistair Black. I, I thought Alistair Black would have some more momentum when he won the title, but it, it's weird. He, I feel like he's one of those guys, very similar to like the Undertaker or the Big Show, where doesn't need the belt. Yeah, he's just dominant. Like he could win it, he nah. could be a dominant champion, um, but he do, he doesn't need to hold the title for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, trying to think of some other guys who might be under the radar a little bit, and uh, Ricochet was great. Adam Cole Ricochet was great. Was great. Uh, yeah, but there was guys you expect to be great. You know, like. It's fascinating with Gorgano and Ciampa how, you know, they had their indie success. They came to NXT basically as nobodies. Let's call it what it was. They win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and, you know, got very far with it and just took off. And that's kudos to them. And, I mean, Ciampa's – he's the first – I don't want to call him a homegrown guy because, of course, he's had a huge success on the independent circuit. But, you know, he's one of these guys who came in with not a lot of fanfare – and he became champion. And you don't see that anymore in that in that brand. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you no, really. They, they, they've, you know, de- so. they've really developed into 
I mean, they were damn talented before, but they've definitely become sure. you know even more awesome performers over time, and they've really grown into themselves. And again, they had some buzz on the indies and stuff, but nothing, nothing like a Adam Cole coming in or a Ricochet right. coming in. And they, yeah, they they legitimately worked their way up, and it's great to see them have have some real success there. Uh, sure. As far as you know, I mean, we didn't mention the women because we're just making the superstar of the year vote this year. You know, unisex, but. You gotta give a shout out to Kyrie Sane. I think she's been one of the unsung heroes of Deadbeat overall, and has you had a lot so? of real good matches, and did a really good job of making Shayna Baszler look good. Yeah, I, you know, you're right. Uh, to me, she wasn't around as much as I think. I mean, her matches were great, and, and you're right, she did carry, you know, and carry the matches she was in. Um, I, I imagine Shayna Baszler. You know, she's come a hell of a long way. Oh, Shayna Baszler, I think, doesn't get enough great, credit I either. I think no, I, not she's not a incredible pro wrestler or anything but i think she's really good and she's a safe sure. worker and she makes everything look real and i think that's, absolutely i think that's underappreciated these days like god yep. forbid you have a, some a male or female that can not only wrestle and, and make wrestling moves look like they actually hurt but can be safe with her opponents like you tell she definitely was trained in that traditional absolutely. cash wrestling style by josh yep. barnett and, and billy robinson i mean she's really d- done a heck of a job and she's only been wrestling for like two three years yeah it hasn't been long and i mean yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, she's she's a badass. Also want to send a shout out to my main man Joe Guider for watching us as well on the stream. So before we go, Scott, I I think we have a unanimous vote here for what was the biggest story of, of two thousand eighteen. Uh, I you on any other year, right? You could say the Fox deal. You right. could you could say uh, Ronda Rousey joining WWE. Right. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, given the circumstances, now it's changed the creative landscape of WWE and maybe even financial landscape. Who knows? We'll see what happens in 2019 is uh, the Roman Reigns story. Roman Reigns announcing he has leukemia. And really, it's, it's kind yeah. of crazy when you think about it. I mean, yeah. they literally spent five, six years doing everything in their power to make this guy, well, the guy. They position him as the guy. And you can make the argument, no, he would never get to the level of John Cena or he hasn't at this point. And maybe he never will. Uh, but he was getting there. And he was a, a, a consistently damn good worker, great company ambassador, well-liked, well-respected by the locker room. And yeah. he finally gets that universal title from Brock Lesnar. He's finally set to go on a run. He's reunited with the Shield. And then we find out that he not only once had leukemia, but it came back. And uh, knock yeah. on wood, you know, hopefully with them bringing him up in storylines that are kind of tasteless in my opinion hopefully that's good news that means that he'll be back sooner rather than later uh but i think that was the biggest story of 2018 and it's obviously that's the biggest shock of 2018 i think by far um yeah i mean i don't think i could i mean can you think of like a (sighs) story like this like in in recent years of sports where a guy has to nothing like this um i mean this is almost like a a lou garrett type of story that's a good good point i mean the only other guy Um, would be uh you know eric eric i think had cancer I want yeah. Eric Berry did. Um, I mean, you know, like when Daryl Earnhardt died at Daytona for NASCAR, that's you know a guy still at the top of his game. I mean, look, Roman Reigns hasn't passed, and let's all hope you know he gets well. Um, there's you know things like that, but you know that's. I don't want to say this and sound you know disrespectful, but that's life. Unfortunately, you know, if you want to talk about a story 
that we never saw coming, not counting the life, because you can't predict these type of things. Right. You know, you can't tell if somebody's going to get sick. It's the XFL coming back. Vince McMahon took a, a huge financial hit almost 20 years ago and is bringing that back. That's really the story of the year. This is just this is real life with Roman and and um, you know I, I know for me you know yeah the guy was kind of like in my face too much on TV and it was kind of annoying <laughs> you know I mean truth be told look it is what it is you know he was forced down our throats but you know nobody ever wishes anything like that on anybody and um, you know I definitely hope he gets well soon I want to see him come back and, and you know we we all hope that that happens right and uh, and honestly I think WWE programming has actually been pretty at least on the main roster been pretty boring without him and. You kind of yeah. forget sometimes how entertaining a guy could be when he's not totally creatively handcuffed. I mean, Roman Reigns in 2017, I thought had a great year as far as in the ring. And I thought in 2018 was a textbook example or examples of what not to do with the top guy. Sure. With, you know, with him constantly losing and putting him in matches that were laid out all awkwardly and, and, and everything else. So... Yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely the, the biggest real-life story. But yeah, XFL, I mean... Look, I mean, the Ronda Rousey deal is huge from a business standpoint. The sure. Fox deal, obviously, is huge in the billions. I mean, that changes the game right there. But I also do think the – well, you mentioned the XFL. That could change things too because Deadbeat could lose money off of that. They won't die or anything. But no. let's just say Vince McMahon instinctively says, God damn, i got to be hands-on with this too. What can happen? He might give, you can only might, go so far, yeah. Yeah, he might finally give the reins to Triple H or – he might spread himself even more thin, spread his DDB crew even more thin, even though he's claiming he's not going to use DDB guys to his shareholders. I doubt that. And, you know, who know who knows? I mean, the DDB product could suffer as well. So we'll see. Uh, before we go, I, I hate to end this on a disappointing note, but I think it's only fair because we've had this request as well. People want to know what our biggest disappointment was in 2018. I'll give you two. As far as from a superstar standpoint, I'll, g- I'll give you, I'll give you a couple guys. I think Bobby Lashley they could have done more with him, especially oh, with the momentum he had gosh. when he came back. I think Jinder Mahal they completely squandered the momentum that guy had in 2017, and that was just a joke. Sure. And I think overall the narrative in 2018 is what could have been. The women rose up, they did their thing, they were great. Becky Lynch, especially in the upper echelon of the women's divisions, were great. But as far as the male side of things. Oh my God! They ran. They ran creatively. They ran roughshod and making me care about any of these guys right now. For for the most part, I mean Daniel Bryan. You know, Randy was pretty good. Jeff Hardy, but like for the most part, ninety percent of the roster, most fans don't care about to the point where they move the needle. So that for hmm. me would be the biggest disappointment of two thousand eighteen. What about you? I agree. I'm going to add the fact that Braun Strowman still is not WWE champion. Mm-hmm. Um. The fact that they gave Brock Lesnar the title back, <laughs> I think, is horrible. I think, look, the guy, when he wants to work, he is a hell of a worker, as we saw at Survivor Series, um, which is something that I was not looking forward to one bit, and it just impressed the hell out of me. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for Brock Lesnar, of course, because if he ever saw this and heard me not say that, he, he would kill me. <laughs> um but no, I mean, the guy, he can put on a show, and, and that's fine. It's just the whole part-time not showing up thing. You know, come on. You know, you, you got to have a guy there all the time. 
I'm sorry. You, you know, used to have look, to wrestle all the time, but you said to have him around, I think. He has to be around. Look, I, I know on, you know, we just had a couple of taped episodes of Raw and SmackDown for the holidays, and SmackDown had a, a U.S. title change. Spoiler, if you haven't gone back on your DVR, I apologize. Um, you know, and that's fine. You elevate a mid, you know, mid-card title to, to the main event there, you know, and, and things like that. But there's only so much you can do, and there's only so many pay-per-views. And I know, look, it's a title. It's a prop. In reality, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Call it what it is. But you still have to have it there, dude. If I'm going to a show down the street, I want to see a champion. I want to see a championship match. I want to have that thought in my head that maybe this is that one time every five years that they pull the trigger and do something crazy at a live event. Yeah. And you don't get that, you know? You know, I think I think if they – in a better – in a perfect world, you know, when they had more guys that were over or they're popular that could main event, I, I think they could I, – I think they could get away with it. But because they've done such a number on the roster sure. – Yep. It's it's just it's 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 tough now. I mean, I, the sad thing is you're right and you're wrong at the same time because I think they've they've devalued the title so much that in reality it really doesn't mean all that much. And then that and that's a sad thing, you know. It, it, it just on one hand you're right again. It'd be cool to have a champion of the house show all the time. On the other hand, it's like really like do I do I care to see the big red universal title? I mean, nah, it's cool. To say a it's not about the title belt, it's just about the person, you know? And, yeah. and I know that, you know, UFC shows don't always have all the champions at every show. I, I get that. You know, I get that, you know, every football game, the champion's not performing at it. You know, I, I understand that, but this is a different sport, you know? Boxing pay-per-views, not every champion, you know, goes. But you know what, For, though? Yeah, old, old, Older UFC shows and, and boxing shows, even if they have, like, a fake belt that nobody's ever heard of, right? They have stars, they have some, sure. or, or okay, UFC in the past did have stars. Nowadays, uh, it's it's all over the place. They have like a couple guys and girls that can draw, and everybody else is just kind of. And the fifty-fifty booking has to go. I am sick and tired of the fifty-fifty booking. Which is, I'm which, sick which, and tired to explain of to people. Seth Rollins lose tonight, yeah, and then Seth Rollins. Well, oh, Seth Rollins <laughs> win. We can edit that. Seth Rollins win. Tomorrow night, and then lose the next night, and then lose on Raw. And then on Raw, we have Dolph Ziggler beat Finn Balor. And then at the pay-per-view, we have Finn Balor beat Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And then it, enough is enough, man. Come on. You have enough roster depth. And that's the problem. They have killed so many characters and so many guys. And Finn Balor is still so over. And the guy's finally starting, it looks like, get a little bit of momentum, which is amazing that the people have stuck with him. And it really shows what that guy is all about. But enough with the 50-50 already. Just have a – Drew McIntyre could have been the, the guy. He could have been the guy to beat Brock. He could have been the guy to beat Braun. No now they're beating him. Dolph Ziggler. He lost to Dolph Ziggler on Raw the night they turned on each other. Or, you know, Drew turned on him. Right. You can't do that. I don't care if there's interference. You cannot do that. I don't care that Drew got his win back. And now they had a steel cage match. It's over. You, you can't have Braun Strowman lose to Brock Lesnar – two, three, four times and get basically squashed. Let's call it yeah. what it is. Yeah. And then ha- expect people to get back and be like, oh, this is the guy. There's no momentum in these guys. 50-50 booking is crap. Somebody please fix that in 2019. Thank you. And please, for the love of God, going into 2019, give us less Baron Corbin. I'm sure he's a nice guy to his mother. I'm sure he's a nice guy to his wife. I'm sure he'd walk your grandma across the street. But Bro, he is not a good wrestler. He is not a good talker. He has very little redeeming qualities. Maybe some women find him and his Mickey Mouse tattoos attractive. That's cool. That's great. If he wants to model, go pose for Inked Magazine. God bless him. That's cool. Maybe he'll even be a good. He'd even be a good actor outside of WWE. But 
I do not need to see this guy on my TV ever again. Okay, man, if, he, if, he's, if he's getting his ass kicked for a couple minutes, okay, cool. Let him be a job guy. I don't need to see him as a relevant character anymore. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the ratings. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that they propped up a, no. uh, a four and try to make us believe he's a 10, okay? But still, I know it's harsh, but that's just the reality. So please, less Baron Corbin, less authority figures, which I think we're going to get more, actually, with Vince McMahon on TV. Le- yeah, like you said, less 50-50 booking, more great matches, more positive change like the women's revolution. And, yeah. Uh, yeah Let's I mean, have more squash matches. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You don't need 50-50. Have squash matches. Back to basics. Let some people yeah. be better than other people. Okay, can you imagine if the NBA just had a bunch of and and I love like Charles Barkley and, and those guys growing up and Patrick Ewing, but like can you imagine if if the NBA was just a bunch of those guys as opposed to like the Bulls dynasty or even like I know people complain about the Warriors, but you know you do need somebody that's the best. Some people you need a villain. Yeah, you need a, you need a villain. You need a dominant team. Even LeBron, mm-hmm. LeBron's been a dominant player for fifteen years. Imagine if. There wasn't one dominant player in the NBA the last. What about the Patriots? Twenty-three years. Yeah, exactly. Tom Patriots. Brady, Bill Belichick, Patriots right there. Done. Yeah. And you know I hate the Patriots. But football ain't hurting. No, no, it's not. Exactly. So that's that's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Whew. Anyway, we need folks. more Tyson Furies. Okay. There. I said I don't even like that guy, but we need more Tyson Furies. Okay. There. Yeah. I know you like him. I like Wilder. It is. What I like it is. both, man. I like. I like, bo- I like both. I like the Bronx. I like the Bronx Bomber. Hey, but. Bo- Honestly, in, in, two, in 2019, I, I think it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. I think boxing is going to have a really good year. Uh, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with the UFC and ESPN. I think they're doing a lot of things wrong with the John Jones deal, which oh, don't even get me started on that. And, and WWE, they start, a, they start with Fox in September. There's going to be higher expectations. I don't think they could just flick a switch and say, hey, we're going to make SmackDown relevant again. I think they need to start now. They need to lay the groundwork right now. I hope they do that. And what else is there to say, man? I think we've uh, complained we enough. Pretty- we, we've yeah. exposed enough, as, as the, the kids in some random literature class are over paying for in a college would, would say. Any final words as we go full head, full steam ahead, I should say, um, 2019? I think it's going to be a good year. I think um, wrestling is on the upswing again. I do, despite what you've seen with WWE main roster programming. I think there is a hell of a lot of talent out there. I think what the Bucks and uh, Cody are doing is phenomenal. Um, well, they've done great. Know. Well, we should say real quick, they've okay. done great as far as their work with New Japan Pro Wrestling and ROH. But as it's been widely reported, particularly by Dave Meltzer of WrestlingObserver.com, they are looking or may have already formed an independent wrestling promotion by the name of All Elite Wrestling AEW with the main point man, the money guy, being Tony Khan, the son of Shahid Khan, or Shad Khan, I believe, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the man who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, with, with that kind of money behind them, if, if, and that's a big if, if they're able to secure some type of TV deal that actually gets eyeballs to their product. I'm not talking about a streaming service unless it's like Amazon. Well, I was going to say this could be the one that does Netflix or Amazon Prime. I think it could well, be. Well, you know what? Those streaming services actually would get them eyeballs though. I think if they took, sure. I think if like no, the Zone, YouTube Red, something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I think like if the Zone or even ESPN Plus, if they try to get this programming, I don't think they would. That, that yeah. I think would be a death knell. Maybe not in the 
short term, but I think I think in the long term, if you're trying to if you're trying to get eyeballs, right? It's different from like the zone bidding for Canelo, who's already got a built in fan base. Like this, this yeah, is no, you can't product. do CBS streaming online and, and stuff like that. No, yeah. it has to be a mainstream type of thing. Right, ex- exactly. So we'll see what happens, and you know, it's still too early to tell, but. Yeah, the landscape it looks like it's changing, and we'll see what happens. There's never a dull moment in pro wrestling. But if you folks want to keep it right here, you can, of course, tune in every Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Manhattan Neighborhood Network and in the New York area. You can check your local listings, or you can watch our programming on demand on Facebook.com slash TheSportsCourier, YouTube.com slash TheSportsCourier. Please feel free to like us, share our stuff. We'd greatly appreciate it. I might even be doing some giveaways uh, coming in the new year so stay tuned for that and we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to see us cover more wrestling or mma or do more interviews things like that let me know also in the new year i got some interviews coming up i interviewed frank shamrock one of the all-time mma greats did an interview with ernest the cat miller of wcw and WWE fame that was a wild interview had a great chat with access tv fights play-by-play announcer ron cruck who's been there from the early days of the wc he called the very last strike force show now he's calling matches of the stars of tomorrow with lfa and of course access is affiliated with new japan so we talked about that relationship i got some more things cooking in the fire so we'll see what happens but scott thank you so much man for helping me out throughout this year throughout the last few years you are the man. You are the people's podcaster. I just wish you would use spell check more often. It's his, it's his big hands. All right. Twitter's going to get these hands. All right. I don't think that's copyrighted, so I can say that. All right. right? There, there you go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Shout out to everybody that has supported us throughout the years. Jeremy Bowers, Alan Wu, David Schneider, Rhino Stube, Joe Guider. so many other people. Faceman Buddha. I mean, just so many people have popped up who have supported us. Over over time, JB. I mean, just a, a ton of people. We got almost fifteen thousand subscribers now on Facebook. I really appreciate. Or on uh, YouTube, we got like, or two thousand on Facebook. We got, we got a collectively like almost twenty thousand subscribers on all our platforms. That's crazy to think about. So for all of y'all, thank you very much. Until next time, everybody. Woo! As always, enjoy the matches.